Loyal readers, it's been 349 days since I said yes to the love of my life, Richard Bevan Charlton, King of Aldovia. Somehow, through all this insanity, I'm still me, even though I'm about to become queen of a small country. I can't get over the fact this is going to be my home. Until the wedding, you're going to have your own bridal suite. Sweet? Wow. I can't believe this is actually happening. It's real. Oh, it's very, very real. Christmas spirit has overtaken the palace. What do we think of that? Is that a snowman or a yeti? <laughs> you and I have a wedding to plan. And I have the world's best wedding planner. See, he designs. Uh, he does not plan. We have much preparation to do and very little time. We are looking for you, darling. It's perfect. I'm looking for something more contemporary. Aldovia has traditions. Life in a fishbowl takes getting used to. You're going to do a brilliant job. You're having some royal pains. It's like Bridezilla in reverse. Could you turn to the left? Down? Right? It's just not working. Now that you're part of the royal family, we must be careful of the image that you project. I just always thought that my wedding would be about being with the person I love. I didn't realize it meant having to give up who I am. I suggest that you cease from any activity pertaining to your blog immediately. No way. Your Majesty. Amber. The titles and responsibilities we bear overwhelm any person, especially a good-hearted one. Your wedding is about you and Richard. Everything else is secondary. I'm so sorry. Hello once again to yet another stocking stuffer. In this one, I have set out the tray of Christmas cookies and eggnog because I am joined by a very special guest. Uh, It is none other than somebody who anybody on our Facebook group would know well. Uh, We have with us today, Elizabeth Catherine Gray. I made that rhyme. Yay! Thank you for having me, Emily. I am so excited to be on your show. I am thrilled to have you. um, And I would like you to also tell the listeners where else they can find you uh, if this way they know who you are. Yeah, I am uh, Elizabeth Catherine Gray. I find my personal profile on Facebook because that's where I funnel most of my information. But my podcast is Archivists Bet on Sexy Witches with Emily has so honored us twice in guest hosting, including a a Broadway movie musical episode this season. Look at it. It's great. It was joyful. Uh, it was very fun. Uh, and so you can find me on Facebook at The Sexy Witches as well as Twitter. I also manage a bunch of Facebook groups that have to do with genre movies and horror and science fiction. And you get some really great conversations going in your groups. It's, it's very fun. So anybody, I encourage anybody that's like always looking for good Facebook groups where they can talk about movies. Yours are really fun. People have good opinions and people seem friendly and good places to be. Usually, but don't post about baby, it's cold outside. Go look at that. I, I started a war. Oh. Always always the controversial theme of the season. Um, so on now, today is an exciting movie that we're covering. Uh, oh, my God. I've, we've been talking about this for, for a, a year. year. For a year. Because yeah. one year ago, 
the world stopped everything and watched Netflix's debut Christmas movie, A Christmas Prince. And one year later, on November 30th, the world stopped again to watch A Christmas Christmas Prince 2. A royal wedding. A royal... You know, it's crazy. Like, I don't know. It just seems like royal weddings have been in the news a lot lately, you know? Yeah, well, it certainly is a play on Meghan Markle's wedding. I mean, like, the whole thing looks like Meghan Markle's well, wedding. Well, and yet, but- spoiler alert, I <laughs> yeah. would I would uh, hedge my vote to say the whole, like, thing of it is very much Meghan Markle, except for the final dress, which is pure Kate Middleton. Yeah, no, I would agree with you there. Or a perfect fusion of the two, because it had that plunging neckline part mm-hmm. that, true, that true. Meghan Markle's bridesmaid costume had when uh, uh. dressed when she... She walked down with Kate Middleton. Do you know what I'm talking about? That beautiful plunging. Okay. V-neck. Kinda. Yeah. It looks kind of like that. I can show you a picture later. So it okay. reminded me of that dress too, which was actually on Megan. So. Got it. Okay. That works then. So this was really modeled after that. Oh um, yeah. So everybody, this is on Netflix. Anybody with Netflix can access it. And that works also abroad, I think, because Netflix is now hedging all of their money behind their originals. So it's hard to not see these movies because anything Netflix does on its own, it crams it down your throat. So yeah. you have no choice. You've probably already watched it whether you wanted to or not. And, and this is the third one they have dropped in the last two weeks. Yes. Yeah. You have the Christmas Chronicles, which will be covered in a few weeks. Uh, and the, was it a Christmas Switch? Yeah. A Princess Switch. A Princess Switch with Christine and I are going to I have both of those later. movies now, unfortunately. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, everybody can hear it in my voice. Like, I'm I'm obviously dying. And I could say, oh, it's because this thing has been going around my office, and then I was traveling, so it didn't get any better. But really, it might be from the fact that I've been watching a lot of these Christmas movies and talking about them, and it might be killing me in a good way. Uh, well, I don't know if it's in a good way. It's more like in, like, that reversal of fortune, like Jeremy Irons slowly poison you to death kind Ooh, of way. I like that. And this is how I will die, I I think. I mean, maybe not until we get through the third film, because this has to be a trilogy. Um, So I think I have some time, but let's get into a little bit. We're going to give everybody a quick rundown of the movie, and then we'll go into, you know, our our ten tropes of the holiday movie, plus all the bonus rounds, plus a special edition fashion talk round. Because this is a royal wedding, guys. It's a royal wedding. Uh, So this movie was directed, first off, by John Schultz. Um, he did not direct the last ones. They brought in a new guy for this one. And this guy has some great experience uh, behind the camera with such films as Like Mike, Drive Me Crazy, and the uh, recent TV version of Adventures in Babysitting. Uh, he also did The Honeymooners, which I the remake, which is like, what? <laughs> That's the funniest thing. If you look at his IMDb picture and you look at his name – this is not the guy that should have been directing the Black Honeymooners, right? Uh, uh, he looks as bad as, like, like this Christmas is in his wavelength. Like, these kind of films I would think this guy would do. Do you know what I'm saying? But, I no, it's a very, like, I would say uneven but interesting repertoire yes. of films. He looks like a very white Jewish guy. So it is quite fascinating that he has been making his recent living directing um, movies primarily starring black characters and also Christmas movies. But who knows? Who knows? Um, did he do a good job? We're going to get to that. Uh, well, so let's talk about the plot. Uh, so we have Amber coming back, Amber and 
King Richard. You know, he's king, right? He's not prince anymore. He's a king. Oh, no, he's totally a king now. Okay. Yes, he is king. Because it's weird, because I think the credits credit him as Prince Richard, which just doesn't make any sense. So he, she's going to marry him. It's been a year. Oh. They're getting married on Christmas Day, which I don't want to judge anybody that gets married on a holiday, but it just always feels like... You're robbing yourself of an anniversary, in a sense. Well, but he also had to be crowned on Christmas Day, too. So in that culture, maybe the 25th of December is uber important all the way back to the pagan era. So they have to do it. I'm almost wondering if it's like a Brigadoon thing where Aldovia only exists in the month of December. It's very possible. I mean, I mean, because apparently they haven't done any prep for this royal wedding up to about a couple of weeks before. Yeah, despite the fact that they've had one year to plan it. And she's been flying back and forth between two countries that whole time. They established that. Yeah, and, (laughs) like, also, there's no, like, private jet. It just, there's a lot to logistically question about the movie. Um, But, so, Aldovia is actually in a really rough spot because uh, King Richard has been implementing these, like, big, sweeping economic changes in order to revive the economy. But it's, like... but it's not working. All the money they're putting into the infrastructure is just somehow going away. And because nobody in this movie apparently understands economics, then nobody can account for it. Uh, and, and yeah, they're like totally like like just five reforms yeah. and the entire economy collapses. Do we even know what the major import export of Aldovia is even is? Do they actually explain is what it directly Christmas? affected? Or blogging? They mentioned construction, but oh. that's building infrastructure. But there had to be some kind of economy because they're uber wealthy economy, right? This is like I mean, it the would seem. like super rich. Like they mentioned that they go away to Monaco, and if Monaco is a lesser country than Aldovia is, right? Then yeah. this, this must be loaded, loaded country, and everyone would be like, they wouldn't even be working. That's a good point. No, we, we, we don't know much about Aldovia. We know everybody is British. Um, <laughs> Even when they're not. Yeah, yes. And you would think, oh, this comes up later. But, like, the easiest way to blend in would just be to pretend you're British. But some of our very smart characters don't quite figure that out. But anyway. And, and, and if you wear a hoodie, you're automatically suspicious. Well, obviously. That's true yeah, of anything. Well, yeah. Well, that's true. And a hoodie. I, oh, I mean, no. in fairness. And a scarf. Well, like, I live in, in New York, and whenever I'm, like, downtown, if I see, like, a tall, attractive woman wearing sunglasses, my first instinct is, ooh, is that someone famous, and are they trying to hide it with sunglasses? And, like, three out of ten times, it is, because that's what you do, so. Oh, I, you know, being in Times Square at seven in the after, in the evening right before the, the Broadway shows start, you can turn around and see yeah. all sorts of people wearing the little glasses in the hoods. Yeah, basically anybody that looks fit, <laughs> like, that looks like they could dance on stage is probably a Broadway star. So there. Um, but so anyway, so okay, so Aldovia is in crisis. Um, oh. The wedding is like this total mess because Amber wants to just like get married and have her own wedding and blog about it. But the royal protocol says she shouldn't be blogging about it. And there is a wedding planner brought in to make her wedding fancier than she wants it to be. But meanwhile, <sighs> she just wants to help Richard save the country of Aldovia. And, spoiler alert, she does because of journalism. 
And a little help from her friends. And a lot of help from her friends. So her <laughs> friends being her sassy sidekicks that we're going to get to. Um, the smarmy evil guy from the last movie who turns out to be awesome in this movie. Uh, and the best, well, not the best character, the second best character in this movie. Um, her royal sister-in-law, Princess Emily, who is like a computer hacker and saves the day. I have a lot of questions. We'll get to it when we get to the hacking, but I have okay. a lot of questions about how talented this chick is. When their whole point of this country is that they are behind on their tech, and he's trying to improve their tech, but yet his sister is like basically you know, bangs on the keyboard and, and is able to break their firewall. Yeah, exactly. This movie well, doesn't they- understand how a lot of things work. Like they don't <laughs> understand that it's not about like how hard you hit your keyboard. It's actually it is a password. Uh, it definitely does not understand blogging in any way, shape, or form. Or hacking. No, no, not at all. Uh, or union strikes. There's hacking, a lot going hacking on. Hacking comes up two separate times in this movie, too. We'll get to it. Okay. Okay. I can't even remember yeah. the second. Oh, it's, it's actually, well, you, yeah, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Okay. About- so I think I think we told everybody what they need to know for the movie, right? Should we jump into now the 10? Well, you can. we, we can let them know that everything works out and it's all happy ever after. It, it really does and I'm almost at a point like on one hand with these movies I know the whole point is that they're very comforting because they're all everything's gonna always work out but every now and then I get to that point in the movie where I'm like don't work out no don't go back for her no don't save the kingdom like I just want something terrible to happen and it never does (laughs) yeah and like Uh. thankfully in this one I like a few of the characters enough where I am rooting for them in the end but some of the other ones, man, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm well, need to choose your own adventure version of this. Deep down, though, inside, there's a piece of me that loves Mc- Rose McGyver and just wants her to suddenly go, you know, I'm hungry, and then yep. bite Allison Krieg in the face or something. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I love Allison Krieg, yes. uh, but it would be still awesome. I, I could see that. So let's. <laughs> I love that you. Your point of reference for Rose McGyver is uh, iZombie. Mine yeah. is purely uh, Petals on the Wind, the Flowers in the Attic sequel that Lifetime Which- made. By the way, I have read every freaking B.C. Andrews book there ever is, but I've never seen the the, the miniseries that they did with all those. But I can see Rose McIver being perfectly cast. You should watch them. They are pretty fun and trashy in different ways. Like the first one's kind of good because you have Ellen Burstyn, who is just amazing and making it into a movie. And then from two, from petals onward, they just get ridiculous and trashy and amazing. So, as uh, however, if there be thorns, is one of my favorite Me trash too. books of all oh, time. Oh God, yes. All right. So moving on. So, or rather, moving to moving to the starting line. Number one, <laughs> our lead in need of a lesson. As we said, Amber is not like I don't know that she has to learn the lesson. It's really about her teaching the lesson again. Yeah. Right? No, this time it's it's a reverse thing because uh, everybody else is 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 wrong, right. uh, except for maybe her father and and Emily. Right. Everyone else has issues, right? Yes. Yeah. Their, their yeah. priorities are in the wrong place. I would say that the woman that needs a lesson that learns one the most is is actually the chef. Oh, yes. I forgot about our Russian chef. Our Russian chef. And then, of course, what's her name? Horrible, horrible Mrs. woman. Mrs. A something. We'll talk about her at Villain. Oh, yes. She is, for, for lack of a, a better one, Mrs. Averill. Yeah. Um, the, yes, and, and Amber is, is in like journalism mode in this movie. Uh, and my favorite thing is when she's taking notes about, you know, because she's trying to investigate where is the money going that's supposed to be going to Aldovia. And so she writes in her little journalism notebook. They find out the name of the shell company is Meadowlark. So she writes down Meadowlark. 
And then she's talking to a local about, you know, he's giving her his opinion. And he says, it's it's all so fishy. And so then she writes down, fishy. Fishy! (laughs) With a period. And I really was like, it's going to be about fish, right? Somehow, like, fish is going to come into it. Because that just does not seem like something you would write as a note. And and then there's the Glockenspiel Company, which is the parent company of the Shell Company. If you're going to mention, like, Chekhov's Law of Glockenspiels, you don't mention Glockenspiels without giving me Glockenspiels. Well, that's what I I was like. There there was some of those pretty little wirely clocks you see, like, in Germany. Mm -hmm. But you didn't see any actual Glockenspiels in this place. No, 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 no. Oh, well. So now moving on to our setting, which is, again, I need to amend because usually I say Big Bad City, Charming Small Town, or Magical Winter Wonderland. The third, the fourth, which is actually going to come up again this year, is the fake European country. Which is technically Magical Winter Wonderland because obviously this country's economy is based on Christmas. No, you were right about that. Yes. Yeah. So... There's that. Well, exactly. Uh, we and it also... seems to be a trend, too, because Princess Switch is also, like, the, a small European yep, rich yep, country. Yep. Christmas is all they ever think about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's um another one that I did. I haven't released the episode yet, but one that aired on Hallmark this year, a Chris- Christmas at the Palace. It's the same thing where it is in this fictional European country. But the best part about it is that the country blatantly, their whole thing is Christmas. Like, they were founded on Christmas, and Christmas is their export. And without question, like, they just embrace it. They're like, yeah, fuck Christmas. That's what our country is, because we're just not even going to pretend we're anything else. Ooh, I, you can mix that with the horror film rare exports, and you have a history of a country. You, you do, yeah. Well, we'll get – there's a little bit of origin crazy Santa stuff going on here, too, but we'll get to that oh. at number 10. Uh-huh. Uh, number three, our bland love interest – which I'm going to say, to me, the low point of this movie, it, this is it. Richard is, is awful in this one. He's, he really took a step back, didn't yeah. he? He wasn't that offensive in the first movie. He just seemed rather confused. Yeah, uh, kind of dumb, this but like, one, oh, he's a hot prince. It's okay. Poor decision making. Yeah, like both politically and personally. And like politically, it's not, it's, it's like... You know, the whole, like, he has this vision for the country and he's enacting it, but he has absolutely no ability to pick the people to do the work to investigate what's going on. And and then also he went back on his word at the end of the original movie. He's on his knees promising he's not going to do any of these things to Amber that he does through the entire film. Treating her less, not letting her do what she wants, making her follow whatever the other people are telling Mm -hmm. her to do. He promised her he would not do any of that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, he's awful. Uh, And he's just a really bad leader. And you'd think after the last film where he learned not, like, he would have learned not to trust people, right? But no, no, blind faith in everybody in this movie. And, and, and like, completely backwards. Like, he's trying to bring these, like, modern reforms mm-hmm. into the country, yet he's totally like, well, you've got to do what they tell you. Right. What? You know, if I'll Prince think- Harry had acted like that, I bet Meghan Markle would have said no. Okay, and you know Kate Middleton wouldn't mm-hmm. would go for that. She's she's a pretty strong, independent woman. She would have not had that. Exactly. <laughs> all right, so moving on to number four. Now, all right, so you had um, done some pre-work on, for this episode. I know you listened to my episode on this on the first movie, and you watched the first yes. movie. If yep. memory serves, the first movie did not have a montage. Am I right about that? I it has a little bit of the yeah no you're right it has the the typical New York montage but right. there's nothing in it 
Um, and this movie, and I will say, this movie denies it's a montage too, but we'll get to that in a second. There is a small montage at the beginning of the new one, opening montage, New York travel, right, Christmas right, right, back establishing in shots. New York. Yeah. I mean, there's so. a few more, if you want to call, like, they're so quick that maybe you don't call them that, but it almost felt like this movie was trying to make up for it by like cramming in these really quick ones. Because well, there's the can't... making cookies montage. But that's really a sequence. I mean, you're there's tr- dialogue. Yeah, you're right. That's fair. That's fair. And yeah. and then there's also the 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 small inner palace uh, play. There's some you know multiple oh shots. Yes. But they do but they do some cutaways to other storylines during it, so that doesn't count as a montage either. Well, and even like when they go to find the Christmas tree, they cut it so weird, where it's her, it's um, Amber and King Richard like standing at a Christmas tree, saying like, "Nope, not this one." And then like instead of just them walking and looking at another one, the the camera like does a cut to them in a different position, clearly in the same exact space, but like pointed a different way saying, no, this one's too big. Cut to, this one's too small. Cut to. So it seemed like they were really lazy phoning in montages. And and they're only in the same like six foot square radius. Right. It was like they finished the movie and and, like somebody maybe on um, like on the editing team was like, oh, hey, you know what? I was going through uh, this this chick's list of the things you have to have in this movie and there's no montage. We've got to throw in a montage somehow. And they just cut it that way in the editing room. Now, this is where, okay, and I had to re-listen because I agreed with you about the first movie denying us a makeover montage. Oh, my God, yes. It was travesty, Ugh. a travesty. I mean, they they gave us everything and denied us all. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, but this movie does it, too. It does. And it's the bachelorette party. Oh, my God, yeah. They totally hit at a bachelorette party montage, and they even give us three or four clips you would consider a montage, but then they cut then away. They cut, that's it. And they're not that's even it. good clips. It's like a clip of, I mean, I we've talked about this, I think, on a recent episode about how I like really don't care about feet. And we get a close-up of somebody painting somebody's <laughs> toenails, and then we get a close-up of glasses clinking, and that's our fucking montage. Yeah, and they're all wearing terry cloth towels. Yeah, and that's it. Or not, okay, well, robes, but still, it's the same difference. Which is, by the way, the lamest bachelorette party I think I've ever seen. They're in a fucking castle, right? They're New Yorkers. They know better. Even if they're keeping it in-house, New Yorkers know how to throw a party. Yeah, like you're in a castle. You run around and, like, you know, pin the penis on the statue or something. I don't know. Like, you have fun. ballroom in there. Do you know what you can do with a ballroom? There's multiple bedrooms there's hottie servants and even that imagine playing hide and seek in that castle oh my god i know it's like the worst i am so i like the movie loses a full half point for that i'm with you i'm with you uh but at least as always we have dead parents oh and and reliably dead because we know they're dead earlier and they're still dead and And they're still still haunting about them being dead yep yep and and like very much affecting things. Yeah, his dad uh, is dead, and his dad had like was the one that made these plans and picked this advisor and fucked that all up. And her mom is dead, and therefore we have to keep showing pictures of her mom and talking about how sad it is. So yeah, even though now this is like totally old news, everyone's over it. Even and I, granted, I have dead parents, by the way, so I, I get it. It does affect you for the rest of your life. But when it comes to plot of story. No. Move on. Right. Move on. Yeah. So. All right. So our sassy sidekicks. Um, I mean, again, <laughs> okay. we hit it out of the park here. We got to talk about Sahil before we get to the corporate oh, people. Um, so, you know, this movie needs a wedding planner. Uh, obviously, you're going to have a gay wedding planner in your movie. A movies. sassy sidekick gay wedding planner s- from Bollywood. Yes. And, you know, 
it's one of those things where like I have a hard time sometimes saying something is culturally insensitive if I, it's not part of my culture because I feel like look I don't know I'm not I'm not of Indian descent I don't know maybe this isn't offensive but I think it's pretty fucking offensive um, I am a huge fan of, of Bollywood films especially like some of the older work like Satyajit Ray and stuff back in the day mm-hmm. and I am all about a giant wedding show-stopping musical number from a, a Bollywood film, I would have been completely on board for a sassy side gay wedding planner side gay. Mm-hmm. Okay. This wasn't it. This was a misfire <laughs> on every level. Yeah. They, the dialogue was awful. Even if you took the ethnicity away, what they were having him do It's just not awful. funny. Yeah. It's not funny. Yep. Nothing he says is funny. Uh, you know, everything seems ridiculous, especially since they're literally a, like a week to plan this thing. And what's frustrating, too, and this is the movie as a whole, is that it never goes big enough when it could. Like, he shows a sketch of her wedding gown, and it's this sort of, like, it is, a, like, hot couture with this giant, like, um, almost... Uh, like lampshade that you'd put over a dog after an operation collar. Yeah, no, yeah. Let's and you're like, yeah, you're like, that's pretty cool. Okay, let's see it. And then when like she's wearing that pra- that it's dress, not it. it's nothing. It's like it's not even the same dress. No, and like she's like, I don't know, it's just too much for me. Yeah, you know what? It's kind of blah. Like it's not this crazy wacky Carrie Bradshaw Sex in the City movie thing. It's and, just and also, ugh. We- we could talk about this in the fashion part, but honestly, is the first dress wasn't her. I, you know, but sure. it wasn't like a travesty. Like if they had cinched in the waistline to match hers, yeah. the dress might have actually fit. But they're fitting someone a wedding dress literally a week before a wedding. You know, I lived on the East Coast when I got married. Our wedding was on the West Coast. Do you know I flew home in the middle of the summer for an October wedding, home for four days. Just so I could fit the uh, fit the wedding dress. Yeah, there's an art to it. If I hadn't have done that, my wedding dress would have been too small. Yeah, the, the, the fit is it's all about the fit, plain and simple. Uh, it, it, but but let's go. We'll talk about that in fashion later. Okay. I mean, because fashion's a big deal in this movie. Yep. But the heel is a complete misfire, and there could have been a lot of potential for a fun, quirky character. I've seen this character work in other films. Yes, it's possible. Well, even um, the movie Christine and I just covered, Girl- Girlfriends of Christmas Past, which was terrible. Oh my god, like, that sounded horrible. It was so bad. But the one good thing was like there was a kind of gay sidekick who was like the best thing in the movie, kind of thing. So you can be a bad movie and find like a way to do a good character and this actor was just left to dry and he didn't you know he didn't get to bring anything to it the no, other I, sidekicks I, we get we have the her who were in the first movie her best friends who she gets to skype with most of the time and it is where you get the gay guy and the person of color in your movie so i was actually delighted to see them believe it or not i kind of got <laughs> i was like yay they're back okay good we can deal with them now and and, and they don't really have an amazingly active role but they do kind of put some window dressing and some like some pizzazz towards the end I agree. of the film yeah you so, know i'm i'm cool with them yeah that's fine yeah. i'm cool with them all right so. so our evil woman or evil boss character uh, we do have an evil person in the movie, which, it's, spoiler alert, is what? The former secretary of something-something, Lord Leopold. 
Uh, he's the evil person, but we also have Miss Avril, which plays the evil woman in the movie, yes. too. And I can't yeah. remember in the first movie, doesn't she, like, soften in the first movie, or am I wrong? She does. No, she's not that bad in the right. first film. She's kind of a little bit circumspect of this commoner, mm-hmm. stepping stepping in, especially when they find out that, when she finds the adoption papers, completely understandable. This woman's been working with the royal family all her life. Right. That's, you know, interloper. I get it. This time around, though, she was just, I, can I say bitchy? I don't oh, like you using can. that for women, right. but in this case, they just had her being a bitchy woman. Yeah, they kind of just put her in the middle of things to kind of add this tension that this movie, granted, without it, this movie wouldn't have had much tension, so maybe that's No, right. and she's, but she's doing things that really make no sense. Yes, true. Like, like all this protocol talk, yet here, I, I made a really big thing about protocol in this movie, right? They, they're talking about yes. it all through the film. You can Most make a drinking game out of the word protocol. Yeah, it, but I actually don't believe it for a hot second. Here's where the movie messes up again. Okay, so they have this introducing party where they introduce the king and Miss Amber, right? She comes in. If this was really a betrothed to a king, they would have called her Lady Amber. Ooh. It's a small thing, but that is protocol. And the European country like that would have called her Lady because she gets the title while she's engaged. So wait, while we're on that subject, there was protocol I was wondering about, which was at the actual wedding when the priest is marrying them. And he says to King Richard, do you take beautiful Amber to be your bride? Is that what a priest says? That seems a little bit subjective. I, I, you know, it depends. I, I would guess they're Protestants. Mm-hmm. Maybe we don't know about all maybe. Uh, you know, because I've seen Catholic royal weddings and I've obviously seen Protestant royal weddings, and they're 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 kind of they're they're similar but they're different. The Catholic wedding takes forever, and there's a lot of up down up down yes, walk around yes, the yes. walk around the thing walk around thing. Uh, you know, so they weren't doing any of that. They were doing a pretty traditional wedding vows. So, so then no, the priest I, just gets to throw in, "Do you take you this woman to be your hot wife?" I kind of weird. It, it, you know, it's Aldovia. They have strange customs. Yes, we know nothing of them. Yeah. Uh, we do know, however, number eight slapstick that oh yeah, Queen Amber is clumsy as usual. Oh, blah, blah. oh yeah, but at least it's not Ming Voss clumsy this time. Yes, and the, it, I mean we do get her shooting an arrow through a statue, and I think I feel like there's a bunch of like little falls and such, but. Well, you know. and really, there's there's this whole like Sahil doing wacky things oh, God, that kind of yes. makes up for the slapstick that's not in the film. It doesn't True. make up for it, but it's it, filling but it tries in to. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's filling in that need. Yes, yes, yes. But it doesn't work. Now let's talk about the sage old person. Oh, see, I don't think there's that many in this movie well, it's at weird all. Weird because you have okay. My favorite. I've just I never realized this. I uh, I think I have a lady boner for Alice Krieg. I love her. I think she is wonderful. I think when she comes on screen, there is like a light that follows her. She is such a perfect person to cast as a queen because she just has this regality about her. And she, but she doesn't get to do anything good in this movie. No, she appears like every once in a while in yeah. an amazing fashion and then disappears. We'll talk about her fashions, but her fashions are the best. In oh, movie. oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, she, like, you know. she can probably wear anything, but you like, know. so she doesn't really get that sort of like nice moment. Like she kind of has a line here and there that sort of puts somebody in their place, but she never really gets to say it to them. And then I guess the other sage old person, which God, I almost <laughs> wish we didn't have to talk about. 
With Rudy? Oh, God! So Amber's I- dad, Rudy. Did you like him? No, this is my note. You want me to read your my Please. note verbatim? NYC diner dad, dad exclamation point, ugh. Yeah, oh, God, he's the worst. <laughs> So the one thing that this movie does that I, I give it credit for is that it acknowledges that this actor has been mis- uh, recast for whatever reason. And so, like, from the beginning when he's introduced and he says to his daughter, like, you know, I feel like a new man. And then when Emily meets him and she says, like, you know, you look so different from your picture because it is a different actor. So that's cute. I just don't understand why they got a different actor because I fucking hate this guy. He was terrible, especially in the first 20 minutes of this film yeah like you just wanted to smack him because you know it's like god he is playing the tourist that we all know goes to he's these just playing countries. like the ugly new yorker in yeah England. yeah and, uh, and even though he she's been going back and forth three years she's yeah been right sparing him all this stuff but no he's got to be now now i do think he does improve over the course of the film I like agree. i I think by the time they're doing the cute sequence, and I did think it was cute with the kids and the cookies. Yes, um, I agree. I agree. That scene worked, and I even think the Russian chef like actually did some subtle work. You could tell she was sad, but not upset. And that's like, one of the you know, things that it, I wish the movie actually had more fun with, because I kind of like I could have learned more about that Russian chef. I thought she she was working for me. Yeah, I, I actually did. I actually liked her as a character. I wanted to see more. There was also uh, another servant, the one that's playing the attache for them personally. Oh, yes. yeah, yeah, He had every opportunity to be the sage old person. They had yep. spaces for him to be the sage old yep. person, and they never let him mm-hmm. be the sage old person once. Yeah. I mean, the movie sets it up where you know somebody is a villain. Somebody has been... Um, going like it has set up the shell company and stealing things and at one moment you're like well I guess it could be him but no it can't be because we, we've established that he's nice so it's not him but so then you're right the whole time you're kind of waiting for him to kind of impart something but no there's What's very little the, wisdom here no he doesn't he does like back up miss you know Amber a couple of times when her husband-to-be did not true and, true. and that like really pissed me off that it had to be the servant to defend mm, yeah oh agreed. my god i i think of all the things i've seen in these movies in a long time and this is a mainstream film i give i like the hallmark movies i expect some of this stuff from netflix knows a little better mm-hmm. you know anyway <laughs> true. no you're right yeah, all right so then the last one on the t- on the 10 list is santa claus Okay, Which so you, you said something about Santa Claus that I didn't see, so go ahead. Okay, no, we get the or this crazy origin story of Santa Claus. That's the whole the Christmas pageant, right? That oh yeah, yeah. Oh, so Emily God. is cast in this Christmas pageant, and the Christmas pageant tells the this, the founding of Santa Claus, and it's like this awesome crazy story where uh, a princess and a baby kiss an ogre and a turtle, and that's how he turns into Santa Claus. I want that movie. Uh, I, you know, I, and, and and like Emily, I wonder if that was her first on, like that actress's first on screen kiss. Oh, I wonder. Um, I bet you it was. I mean, she uh, she's the other thing. I really like this little actress. Uh, her name is Honor Nifsi, and she's actually she's been acting a lot since these movies. Uh, she has a pretty big credit list. I don't know if she's had any other kisses, but mm-hmm. I think she's wonderful. I think she's actually really likable and believable. Uh, she is 14 years old. She um, also lengthened from a year ago. She's like almost <laughs> twice the size yes, she yes, was yes. in the first film. Which, as the, it, okay, well, I keep wanting to go back to fashion because her fashions had me some issues with those fashions. Mm, but, right, we're almost there. 
<laughs> but we're almost there. Okay, we got we got our bonus round. Okay, so, so bonus round, uh, uh, public domain holiday songs. Yes. Oh yeah, I so listed many. at least four. Yep, right. Yep, yep. Oh yeah, there's come, um, Noel. Yeah, oh, come all ye faithful. Faithful. God rest ye merry gentlemen. Yep. And Nutcracker is oh, yes. big, big oh, finale. Nutcracker. Nutcracker. Yes. Waltz Wal- of the flowers. Mm-hmm. So, uh, product placement. Did you catch any? You know, it's funny. No, because the other Christmas movies have had Netflix placement. Yes, a Christmas calendar and, or a holiday calendar had a Christmas Prince placement. And uh, Princess Switch spoiler has um, Prince a, a Christmas Prince. Yep. yep. And and the Christmas Chronicles had Stranger Things. Oh, nice, nice. <laughs> so, that was really funny. So I didn't see anything like that. No, we don't either. even get a, a decorating the Christmas tree, so we can't get like branding that way either. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, cloying child again. I actually really like Emily. So she's not cloying. No. If anybody is cloying in the movie, it's uh, Evil Ruby. Simon and Ruby, the, the nephew. You know, I love. I liked him, though, in this movie. Well, I like how repentant he was. And he seemed generally repentant. And I kind of like that as yeah. a spin. And, I, and the sort of the interplay of him and Emily I thought was actually great, too. Oh, my God. She was so funny with him. Yeah. I was laughing the whole time. She's like, yeah, he's annoying us. <laughs> yeah, like she, like she would just have these great one-liners back at him. Like, it, it's really neat when you – because these movies tend to be – like, you, this one might be an exception because I think Netflix does put some money into it. But so often with these movies, you know their films so quickly that it's rare that the actors get to really, like, establish any chemistry with each other. And so it's nice when you have this, where you have a 14-year-old girl and, like, a 30-year-old guy who are able to have this, like, little spark, these sparks of back and forth where it really feels like you're watching a movie that took the time to develop these, these two actors together. I would certainly watch a movie with those two. Oh, unfortunately, our leads are not nearly as interesting no, together in this no. movie as these two are. Yeah, agreed. Um, another thing that made me angry, was there any ice skating? Not no. a drop. No, what the fuck? There this was is... <gasps> quote, there was sleigh riding. Yes, and, yes. And that beautiful Frisian horse came back. He did, yes, and he was a pretty pretty horse. Oh, that horse is gorgeous. Yes, yes. But still, no <laughs> ice skating. So not No ice skating. That. Not even in the opening montage. They used right? the fountain. Right, show Rockefeller with, Center. Yeah, they used the fountain right across from, Ugh. you know, uh, what's it called? Rock, the, 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 where the rockets. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, Cardinal. <laughs> yeah, the, whatever. Where, you know, the place. The place with the fountain. <laughs> exactly. Uh, same for Canadianisms. This movie is not filmed in Canada. It is filmed in Romania. So instead, we get Romanianisms. And, and um, you know, we did mention that the, the director was different. But I want to point out that Nate Atkins, who is you know very familiar with this space, was the screenwriter on this one. So he probably, once again, it's a space that the, the, the below-the-line people know really well. And they do shoot the castle and use it for all it's worth. Oh, yes. Yeah. And it's nice because, I mean, some of these movies – you know, just have an establishing shot of a castle and then everything else looks like a boardroom. Yeah. No, no. This place is grand. It's gorgeous. Yep. It's got facets and little rooms all over the place. It looks like something out of a fairy tale. Yeah, very much. Um, all right. Character with a Christmas name. I don't think so. No. Yes, right. Rudy. Yes, oh, Rudy. Oh, duh. Oh, my God. Yes, Rudy. I, I think I tried to block him out. Um, you know what? The other thing, though, that pissed me off, though, on this topic is... At one point, Amber is missing, and you can, I don't know if you could hear the sirens outside my window right now, but they are looking for Amber, because 
Queen to be Amber is nowhere to be found. Put out an alert for Amber. And nowhere do they say, put out an Amber alert. No, they didn't, did they? No, missed opportunity. Can, can we talk about for a second, because I was holding up about why she disappeared. Can we do that real quick? Oh, please, because I don't really understand it. Okay, because the, 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 there's a major plot point in this sequence where Mrs. Averill brings her and the, and the king in and says that, you know, and, 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 Rose, and Amber's like, my blog is, is missing. It's been hacked. There's no photos. What happened to it? And the, Miss Averill's like, well, it, these are not pictures dignified, blah, 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 the royal family, which is, of course, this gorgeous little picture of Emily eating cookies with children. Like, right, that's like yes, a bad PR thing. Bad PR, children cooking in the, in the, you know, no, no. Right. And so, okay, she was mad and she has every right to be mad because for her to change that, she had to either hack her, her hack her blog page mm-hmm. or steal her password. Not only is that wrong, I would say that is a fireable offense. Fair. Yeah. Fireable. And what does her husband do or husband to be do? Uh, pretty much says, um, just listen to Mrs. Averill. Yeah, you know, and I was like, no wonder she, I would have walked away from that too. That would yeah. it would be like telling me what to do on my own podcast. There, there's, you know, mm-hmm. I I love advice. I love listening to other people how I can make it better, but don't tell me how I'm gonna put what content I put on it. Yeah, no, I hear you. So I I, I I found that whole sequence angering on so many levels, and 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 it was like, you know, and, and everyone's playing it like, oh, it's not that big deal. They just hacked into her page and wiped out all her photos and writing. Yeah, um, I am concerned about this marriage. I am too. It's not really starting on a good footing because no, no. we're not even like she's not. He's not even letting her look at the books, even though she's really good at them. She's yep. established. She's, she's a, a journalist. Writer, she's a journalist, and they also put a drop a line that she did the books when she was unemployed for the diner. That's right. Yeah. So and and he said he would let her do that stuff, and he's not letting her. You're going to be really busy with the wedding. Well, yeah, they only have a week to do it. So <laughs> yes, there could have been other things done about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. It is. It is concerning. I feel like it's one of those cases where she's really like you know more in love with his family than him but she has to marry him in order to get the family type thing i mean so. they're, they're they're barely like in any scenes with each other and for good reason because they don't have that much chemistry oh it's weird because i rose mciver has plenty of chemistry i like her i mm-hmm. like watching her i mean she's serviceable in these films i don't think she's spectacular but she's not like taking right, she, away she's from better than anyway. than most i think yeah, no, I, I I can watch her. I was actually kind of excited when they hired her in the first movie. Sure. I'm like, she's a good choice for one yeah, of these. Yeah, movies. yeah, yeah. It's a shame. <laughs> uh, and then the last one is the Christmas tree lighting, which uh, oh yeah, yes, yes, we do get a Christmas tree lighting. Bonus, big bonus on oh, yeah. that one. Not only do we get a Christmas tree lighting, we get the chopping down part, too. Oh, yes. Very important. But but we don't get the decoration part. No, because there's like a whole protocol for decorating, don't you remember? Yeah, you're not allowed to – you can go out into the woods, get dirty, and chop down the tree, but you don't get to do the actual fun part. You you can risk your getting eaten by wolves, but you can't, you know, put up a hallmark decoration. That's right. There's wolves out in this woods. They've established that, too, right? Yeah, I think they said something about that they got rid of the wolves in this movie, so maybe that's – Aldovia's new export is wolf skin. I don't know. Oh no, they, they, they're they're encroaching on endangered species. That's another. <laughs> I don't know. So you know, so uh, it, it looked like a really awesome country in the first one. I'm not so much about how 
fun this country really is. Yeah, the more you, the more you look at it, the more you see the the chips in the paint, if you will. <laughs> oh well. So now let's go on to our fashion watch. Oh yeah. All right. So let's talk about so the wedding dresses. I hated both of them. Um, I didn't hate the second one, but I didn't think it was very spectacular. It was just very blah to me. And I guess again, like to me, it was so it was a V. It was long sleeve and a V neck. Um, but not like a cleavage V neck, just kind of like no. a, a, a very modest V. Like I said, it looks a lot like a fancier version of what Meghan Markle wore as a bridesmaid at the Kate Middleton wedding. I, I really, you go look at it, you'll see. Okay, okay. Almost the same dress. Which uh, is fitting for what this movie was obviously inspired by. But but what's really important about what she's wearing isn't the dress anyways. It's when she hikes up her skirt. Oh, yes. And everybody, what? Sparkly converse sparkly blinged out converse which silver and sparkly now i'm cool with that because i (laughs) i I love a good sneakers with a dress i wore i did that to my prom um it to me that works now you and i i mentioned converse last year because converse used to be my way of expressing my fashion when i was a teenager Every year for, um, like, New Year of school, I would get new Converse, and they'd be orange, or they'd be checkered, or they'd be sparkly, or something, and that was the way I showed who I was. But then, at a certain point, when I was, like, 19, I discovered, or accepted, rather, Converse are really uncomfortable, and I can't wear them anymore. (laughs) Well, I... I can't wear converse anymore either but i totally appreciate a gorgeous high top and honestly if there was the right circumstances i would totally wear those i mean i i wish i could maybe if i put like arch support in them or something because they are really cute yeah see i have the same problem as you i'm exactly a seven and a half i've been a seven and a half all my life doesn't do half sizes they don't do half sizes and then and so i I get the floppy like clown shoe front yep and then i wear things that's why I actually prefer Doc Martens in the end because they do do half sizes in uh, Doc okay. Martens. So, but Converse is, yeah. I, but, but you know, I would say of all the fashion, there's two people I wanted to highlight. One was the prince, a uh, king, Richard. Okay. Um, there's the first scene where they meet Leopold, and they're in that that room, that study room with the fireplace, and it's wooden. They they do two major scenes in there. Um, He's wearing what I would say is the definition of the cozy cardigan Christmas sweater. Oh, you're right. Yes. That blue yeah. sweater mm. with the black good old-fashioned tie with yep. the black slacks. You don't get more classic. You do not. Nope. I, I actually kind of loved it. I was like, if you're going to make one of these generic bland love interests, that's what I'm That's how you for. dress them. Yeah, you're right. That's you're how you totally dress them. Right. So, and then, of course, and you're going to talk about this. It's Alison Krig's wedding dress. Like, I love that it's not over the top. Yeah, I have mixed feelings about it. Like, like she, I mean, she is beautiful. She really, like, she's aging gorgeously. And she really, I think, can wear anything. But I I like her sort of like this, like, downplay, just very simple, elegant. I don't know. It works for me. It worked. I I wasn't a huge fan of the brooch she's wearing, which I'm sure is supposed to be like the royal symbol or whatever. But I did like how like it was simple, but yet it had some sparkle to it. Yep. But 
but I really loved because they put her in a lot of great clothes. Anybody benefited from good looking clothes this time around? It was it was Alison Craig's yes, character. It was not Rose MacGyver. No, it was not Rose. She looks terrible in the movie. She and really I actually does. wasn't a fan of Emily's clothes. I was thinking they were dressing her way too young for her age. Yeah, that that they always tend to do that in these movies. Yeah, uh, she you know she's now fourteen. She looks like a fourteen year old with 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 curls. She doesn't look like she's trying to be younger than she is. You know, she, right? You right. Know, uh, and they dress her they put like, her in, like baby like, dolls, and it's just kind like of awful. nine or ten. Yeah. Like, um, but but um, Allison Criggs comes out at one point to take them to Bogganine, which is also, by the way, almost a montage, but not really. Yep. yep uh, I have that note. But she's sporting that winter furry hat. Oh my god, did she look amazing in that? Thing? Oh, she looked perfect. I, I was just in stunner. She comes walking out, and I'm like, yeah, that's yes. how I want to look. I want to go to Bogganine with Alice Creek dressed like that. Hell yeah! Except for the tobogganing was terrible. That's this cam. This movie had some weird camera angle choices. I, uh, you know, I couldn't tell if it was really bad green screen or if it was real. I think the first shot of Rose McIver and the king going down was real, but then they cut away to a bunch of like close-ups of CG. Whoa! Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a little strange. <laughs> But like throughout the like, movie, there's a bunch of like really odd angles and like crazy zooms, and it's like somebody was trying out a new camera type thing. I mean, we sound like we're beating this film up, but we're really not. It actually, ultimately, I would say that it's it's not unwatchable. By no means, no. I this one I probably enjoyed um, maybe the most so far of the ones I've watched. Although that doesn't say much about the ones I've watched because they have none of them have been very good. Um, it's it, it, I mean, it's very much, if you like the first one, like, this is the same feel. And so I think this has a, on one hand, it has some genuinely good things in it. Like, the, you know, Emily is fantastic. Alice, I always want to watch Alice Krieg on screen. There's some, like, funny interplay. It's really pretty to look at. Um, I mean, it is. It's filmed in Romania. There is snow. Whether it is fake or not, it looks pretty. There's a wedding. There's a conga line. Like, all of these things I'm totally in for. Um it's not great. And, and the plot is like so incidental and, yeah. and, 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 and the predictability is fine for these movies, but it wasn't like, I don't know. There's, I can't quite place why the plotting, maybe it's because of the wedding planner. I don't know. Though I did want to, I made a note about the Congo line and, and if this is supposed to be a, like a fake European rich German country, it wouldn't have been a Congo line. Once again, protocols would have said it would have been the chicken dance. Well, can't can't you have both? I think of them as very two very different parts of weddings. Yeah, well, but the, oh, it's, it's the like reception. the hokey pokey and the electric slide and the conga line. Uh, like I still, I, I granted the chicken dance at the end would have been funnier, uh, but not really. Fair. I guess work work as well. I mean, conga obviously, yay conga. We can do that anywhere in the snow, right? But mm-hmm. uh, I sure. don't know what's. And let's get protocols and not touching each other. I guess that was the big symbol. Oh, we're now touching each other, right? <laughs> well, and that's the other thing. Like, it ends with a kind of pairing everybody off a little bit. Yeah, it does. And, it- you know, so you have now the wedding planner and the only other gay character kind of kind of have a little get-together. So you're like, all right. It seems like Simon and um, Amber's other friends sort of have a thing going. So fine. I actually kind of rooting Simon and her on. I was like, yeah, that could be a hot couple. I, I'm, in, I'm into it. And then didn't it seem like the queen and the sort of like first servant, I forget the character's name. Um, the attache. That's yes. What was. Like, was something going on there? 
There might have been. I mean, she's mm. no longer queen. Uh, yeah, so she, she doesn't can, have. I mean, she, she can marry. She can she marry below now. her station. I bet you that's what the sequel's going to be about. It's going to be two things. It's going to be kind of like the Princess Diaries sequel, where where uh, she's going to she's going to want to date someone below her station, but then she's going to be all worried about it. Meanwhile, instead of a wedding, which it's a baby, this, yeah, it's a baby. I think that's what's going to be the next movie. Okay, I like it. We could write one of these movies. Yeah, well, I mean, like, of course we can. The question is, how quickly can we do it? I say um, 72 minutes is how long we need. Uh, I would give myself an hour, only because I would want to go back and polish the montage. Okay, fair, fair. I feel like that comes out, though, in the editing room anyway. (laughs) Oh, man. Um, So this, you know, again, one of, like, the higher recommends in its own way. And probably one of the ones that's going to be the most watched of all the movies we cover. Oh, uh, the first one was a huge fan. I was. went to the. I went to the. I liked the Christmas a Christmas Prince Facebook page. Oh no! So I've been re- I've been reading the threads. And oh course, boy! People are loving the movie except for Sahil. Almost across the board, everyone oh, hates that character. Interesting. I wonder if but, they'll bring him back in the third one. But they still love the movie. They love the characters. Okay. <laughs> you know, and of course, the setting is so romantic that everyone loves that. Yeah. So. You know, and this is kind of the definition of these what these movies are made for which is just to make you kind of feel good and forget your trouble and it's a cinderella story and all of that and within that it has some other i think positive things that are a little more enjoyable than a lot of the other ones so my nine-year-old loves this stuff is uh, on the fairy tale level yeah she, she feels that's what it is you know yeah. she's totally into this stuff i like and i will say i watch them with her and she watching them with her makes it a lot easier <laughs> Nice, nice. Well, that was A Christmas Prince 2 Royal Wedding. Uh, I really hope you get to come back next year for A Royal Baby. I would hope so. If not, I, I'm, I'm holding my fingers and I watch. We're going to listen to this and come back and see how close to the truth we were. I, I think we nailed it. But, you know, a I lot can change so. in a year, so we'll find out. All right. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time. Everybody can find you. I guess on Facebook is the easiest way to direct people, right? Um, uh, my whole world is on Facebook. Yeah, uh, Elizabeth Catherine Gray, or you can also look at my uh, page for the podcast at the Sexy Witches. Sexy Witches podcast is actually on Blog Talk live every other Tuesday or so. Very cool. All right. I will post all that in the show notes one way or another. Thank you so much and uh, merry, happy, uh, whatever Aldovian season's greetings we give out to the world. Yeah. (laughs) But charity at Christmas time is a custom that goes back to the earliest days of this ancient castle, to the Middle Ages. And what better way to remember those days than with my favorite carol? Good King Wenceslas, that tells us to be charitable to those among us who are less fortunate. Good King Wenceslas looked out on the peace of Stephen, when the snow lay round about deep and crisp and even. Brightly shone the moon that night, though the frost was cruel, when the poor man came in sight, gathering winter fuel. Either page and stand by me, if thou knowst it telling. Yonder peasant, who is he? Where and what his dwelling? Sire, he lives on goodly hands underneath the mountain, right against the forest fence by St. Agnes' fountain. Bring 
me flesh and bring me wine, bring me pine logs hither. Thou and I will see him dine when we bear them thither. Page and monarch, forth they went, forth they went together. Through the rude winds, while lament, and the bitter weather. Silent night is darker now, and the wind grows stronger. Fails my heart, I know not how, I can go no longer. Mark my footsteps, good my page, tread the wind and boldly. Thou wilt find the winter's rage, freeze thy bloodless coldly. In his master's steps he trod, where the snow lay hinted. It was in the very sword which the saint had printed. Therefore, Christian men, be sure, with the rank possessing, he who now will bless the poor shall yourself. 